Thank you for joining me, Mark Grixtie, for this invitation to explore deeper together into the divinity, science, spaciousness, and intuition of hurt and healing with awe in trauma. Just, just, just for a moment, I uh, just like to expand this out this is fascinating looking at the brain looking at consciousness looking at the interrelational impact of of and structure of development architecture of the brain how open we are to outside and relational influences mentioned even with kind of looking at phones and all the time we're looking at phones our awareness is being taken to where the providers of these um games of uh, social media platforms, applications want to take us. And then kind of just to broaden that out societally, <laughs> uh, with us being so beautifully adaptive in terms of our evolution and development of our brains, what might this mean in terms of the societal changes and shifts that have been happening maybe over the last few years? And it seems like globally, this is quite profound <laughs> in terms of the impact this is having on our brain development and, and our mental health. I think one one point to 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 make a, a conscious analysis. So we need this. Things are happening, and if things happen um, after after a while, these things are normal for us. Um, there is a wonderful. Wonderful example. The author, uh, his name was Wallace, and he had this wonderful little uh, 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 talk on a. In, uh, and, and this talk, from this talk, there was a, a little book made, and in this little book, uh, in this talk he had, he had the example: you have two young fishes, and they swim through the water and one old fish is coming through and then when they are when they were near by each other the old fish is asking hi guys how is the water and then they do not answer it in this moment the young fishes and after a while one young fish tells the other what the hell is water <laughs> yeah and i think that's a so important example we have to understand one 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 big issue mark how our perception system is working the old model was the information is coming from the outside coming to the brain and then this information is of course translated in sensory impulses and this sensory impulses they uh, come to the brain and then in the brain we have the analysis and then we have the category and and then we connect this with the memory system mm. fine and that's a total wrong picture perception works totally the different way before we mentioned that the brain needs to work on a low 
energetic level. In every second, there are, the, 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 for example, I, I, 11 million bits, 11 million bits. There are other examples. Other authors have other numbers, but okay, let us say 11 million bits of information are coming to the brain in every second. That's crazy. In the conscious mind, we can, we have 50 to 100 bits per second. So from 11 million per second yeah. to 50, 60, maybe 100. <laughs> That's a big difference. So if the brain would work like we thought before, then the brain had to analyze 11 million bits per second and then to decide which hundred of them are important enough for me. It's not possible. It would need so much energy for this. So what was the solution in evolution? In every second, Mark, it's very fascinating. In every second, our brain creates a hypothesis. What will come in the next moment to my brain? To me, as speak as brain. <laughs> so we have a prediction. In every millisecond, our brain creates a prediction. What will happen now? And then the information is coming in from the outside. And then we have a matching process between prediction and the information from outside. And the perce perception is a compromise between the hypothesis, the perception, the, the um, prediction, and the information. That's so important to understand how we, as, as, as how our brain is functioning and, and how we as person are functioning. Because what is the, how to say, where do you take your prediction from? How do you create your prediction? Of course, of using your memory system, your experiences, your model of yourself and your model of the world. So that means in every second, your experiences, your model of yourself and your model of the world is creating a prediction. And that's the basis for the perception. The information coming from outside is just matching with this. And then we have a compromise between these two information levels. And so we could say perceiving, no, sorry, believing is perceiving. So your, your experiences, your memory system and your models of the world and yourself are creating prediction. These predictions are influencing very strongly the perception of the world. In, in a perspective of evolution, you have a prediction, and then the information is coming from outside, and then you have a big mismatch. Wow, it doesn't go together. 
This we called a prediction error. Now, from the perspective of evolution, now it's time to reflect my models, to reflect my experiences my, and, and my models of myself and the world. And then I have to adapt. I have to change my model. I have to search for new strategies to make better, to be able to make better prediction. So the evolutionary process of learning means I have to use the prediction error as a motivation tool to reflect and to and to to adapt my memories and my experiences and my models. What is the problem? If the model that I have of myself and of the world, and if this model is too much, let us call it um, um, dogmatic ideology, then it is very, very strong. And so with this very, very strong model of the world, my prediction is also very strong. And then I take the information from outside and I kill them, you know, because my prediction is so strong, motivated by my very dogmatic, strong model of the world. Then you will just have a perception of that, what you like to have, what your models tells you that you should have. And then we have a big problem. And then we lose the resource to adapt, to change our models, to create new models. Let me give you just a, a simple example, Mark. Sure. We, we both are in discussion, for example, and you are telling me now something which do not fit with my model of the world. Now I have two possibilities. The first is, I take your words and bring them together with my model. So my prediction error, I will have a look. Is that what Mark is saying now? Is that plausible? Could this be right? If yes, then I must be able to change my models. That's how learning functions. If I have a model of the world and it is wrong, so I only could change it if we, if I am in a communication process, you tell me now, Tamir, just could it be this way? And I have to say, wow, crazy, but it could really be what you say. So your words are really plausible. And so I must be able to take your words and to change my model. Yes. The other way, and the second way, I think it's not a healthy way, but it's also possible. I do not think about your arguments. I just say, Mark is a bad guy. And I do not have to listen what he's saying. So that's, and then this moment, 
I can take my models and I can say, no, my model is the right because Mark is not able to say good, good, good words or bring good arguments because he's a bad guy. Uh, and that's the most easiest way to, to disturb the arguments of others which are not fitting with my model. And so I have my model. But in this moment, I feel very good. I feel very stable because I know what the truth is and my model is the best and plausible. But in this moment, I lose the possibility of learning. I lose the possibility of changing and adapting my models. Hmm. And I think this second way of handling this problem is that what we can see every day in our television talk shows, in our media world, we do not see a really truthful discussion where people are thinking about, could it be right what the other side is saying to me? Mm. We had a, we had a, a, a big philosopher in Germany, um, Hans-Georg Gadamer, he was the, the father of that, what we call the hermeneutic. Um, and students asked him, could you explain your, your philosophy in a few words? And he said this, hermeneutic means that when I go in a discussion, I should never forget that the other side could be right. Mm -hmm. So it's very simple and it's so important. So that 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 does not mean, of course, if I am sure, if I if I reflect my own models, um, then of course I can also come to the conclusion that my model is more plausible than yours. It's fine, but I have to be able to analyze that. I have to be able to have a look on my water. And the problem today is that a lot of people are swimming in this water, not being aware about that, that there is water there. Because the, for our brain, the water is totally normal. It's just there. It's just given to us. And so a lot of people are not able to reflect the water they are swimming in. The brain does not see it as a special tool, as a, as a special thing that could be reflected. In, in philosophy, we say it is behind me. The, that what, what, what is normal is behind me working, and I can't see it. Just there. And that is very dangerous for a society. If we lose to be able to reflect the water we are swimming in, then we are a mass of, 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 of people. We, we just believe in that, what we have in our models. But the, the, the question is, where are the models uh, coming from? <laughs> So, of course, my models of the world are also const constructs of made experience. 
And we have now a media world where young people are framed. Every day, this media world is creating the, 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 the world for the, for the people. And if they are, do not reflect this information, if they just take them, if they just take the, the main narrative we have in, in, in different um, parts of, of important issues, um, then we will have a big problem because without reflection, we, we are not able to see the water we are swimming in. Hmm. Beautiful, Demir. Thank you. Thank you so much there. I'm just swimming in all these concepts, his ideas and you know the, the the warnings therein, but also you know where the hope lies in us being able to come into our full consciousness again, to be able to you know kind of sit with, to understand nuance, to not become over attached to our own ideas, our own patterns, our own habits, um, to start to begin to open the gates, uh, although it may feel vulnerable to other ways of thinking and being, so we can have a more complex kind of communication and discussion there's a, there's a beautiful old philosophical saying uh, that tyranny is the deliberate removal of nuance and once we remove that nuance we're in a tyrannical place now and what i'm hearing from you and i very much agree with is that with we have many channels that we've normalized now like through using overusing social media and phones and apps and these kind of things now that are channeling us to a level of awareness that's so unaware so lost and so non-conscious that we, we we can just be brought drawn in our awareness, our physical and our mental and our spiritual development is becoming defined by others that are the second type of person you described to those people that are protecting their own models, cannot understand nuance or difference. And with that, we've lost love connection, um, perhaps for, for other means and other benefits for certain people in positions of power, but they're not necessarily for us you know serve us our society and our spirituality at all well so thank you that's so beautiful we better finish for today but <laughs> thank you so you're so generous and this will be so well received Demir it's been an honor thank you so much thank you for having me I enjoyed it very much thank you very much well, I hope you enjoyed listening to that episode. And if you're curious to find out more about this guest of the show, then please see their links below. Thank you for joining me for Awe in Trauma. Until next time, bye-bye.